When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Chesi Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. I've got a very special guest here. Um, it's promising to be a little bit more regular this season. My boy Jay, what are you saying, bro? Yo, 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 all good, man. I can't complain at all. And I'm happy to, to, to be able to, obviously... Hopefully, be back a little bit more this season, man. It's, it's going to be definitely going to be um, an interesting one. Yeah, <laughs> we, we love to see it. We love to see it. I mean, look, me and Jay. The thing is, Jay. I love what I love about Jay is a, a bit of a passion merchant. But honestly, backs <laughs> a lot, a lot of tactical insights. And you know, me and Jay don't always agree on certain things, but I can always see his rationale behind things. So that's why. Very happy to have you on. Obviously, want to touch on Pochettino um, because, yeah, I think we had your initial thoughts in terms of preseason and stuff. But obviously, a couple of games have been played now. Um, so yeah, man, uh, good, good to have you uh, about, man. So I guess first place to kick off really is a review of the Forest game. Chelsea were defeated at Stamford Bridge against Nottingham Forest, their first away win in God knows how long, about 14 games. Um, where do we start, um, Jay? Um, <laughs> it, it was a bit of a... People say it's a bit of a shock defeat. And um, to be fair, I kind of felt this result coming. And you know what the maddest thing is? This is going to sound bent, but I played FIFA 23 the day before... And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna uh, updated all the transfers because I'm, I'm a nerd like that. Updated all the same, transfers. Same. I, was, I was 
was like, wow, hold on. Like, we're kind of light. And not like light in terms of the number of players, but light in terms of quality. And then I take away Nkunku, and then I'm like, rah, you know what? Eee, this ain't looking too bright, you know? So I played it, obviously. If you see my FIFA record, you know I'm quite certified at the game. Played it on legendary mode. Mother's life. Played them two times. I lost the first game. The second game <laughs> I drew. And bro, my record on FIFA is a madness. Like, I've like, got like... On, three, on seasons, I've got like 360 wins, about 120 losses, about 100 draws. Bro, I'm 30 at FIFA. You saying the football gods showed you the football gods showed you something, bro? The omens, bro. The omens was telling me it's gonna be good still. So I had a feeling in my gut, you know what? Something we're not gonna get something today. Um, and unfortunately, that turned out to be true. But before we get into the nitty gritty of the game, let's talk about team selection because Pochettino's team selection this season have been under the microscope a little bit of the last two, three games. Talk to me, Jay. When you saw that lineup, how are you feeling? Ah, uh, you know what? The thing is, uh, I, you know, we've been talking about consistency a lot. So initially, when I saw it's, it's kind of mixed feelings because when I see the same team in my head, I'm kind of like, oh, you know what? It's good. He's kind of he's he's still going with what he initially has like planned for the team or whatever. He's not trying to chop and change too early. So, like, from that standpoint, it's, like, there's a little bit of positivity because it's, like, it's been, you know, it's kind of, like, night and day compared to what was last season in terms of, you know, constant changes. But then at the same time, you know, you've got questions about the whole, the new role of of, of Chilwell in the team, the new role for, for um, Levi Cowell in the team. And then... Yeah, you just you look at the, the the amount of attackers on the pitch, and you're just a bit worried. Where you're at home, you're really confident coming off the back of a really good win um, against Luton, and then obviously, you know, uh, an easy win. Obviously, well, I, I say easy. We kind of made it difficult, but a, a win nonetheless during the week. A yeah. win nonetheless during the week, and then you know you're thinking, all right, two wins on the bounce. Let's go, Forest. Um, let's go, like obviously to the Bridge, Forest get the result there and yeah I don't know like you just looked at the lineup and it didn't seem aggressive enough do you know what I mean it's, for me it's mad it's mad and I'm like so like you know the last couple of games I've been I've been complaining I'm quite vocal um, in fact about yeah. just five of the back thing I'm very vocal about that because I felt that honestly in pre-season, well, whilst it's not a five at the back, and obviously we know structurally it's a four, Cole was playing left back, mm-hmm. Chilwell left wing, fine. Even if, if it's a back five, I'd probably be a bit more comfortable. Um, if it's like a traditional back five or three, four, three, cool. I'd be a little bit more comfortable, although I wouldn't like it per se, given the way I, I look at Poch's implementation of the three, four, three. It's not as expansive as um, Thomas Ducal's. And it's not as dynamic as Antonio Conte's um, when he's not a pagan. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm just like, oh, you know, but that's not, and that's the thing. If it's a 3 4 3, and I know this is not Poch's style, fine, I'd, I'd accept it. But it's a 3 5 2, bro. And a 3 5 2, mm. as we've seen under Antonio Conte, is a super defensive and. L- 
a significantly less potent attacking formation. And I feel like whilst we do enter the opponent's box with seeming quite decent regularity, it's not like I always I always look at like games in general and look at just tactical setups as if the ball keeps dropping to the wrong people, then that's a poor setup. Do you get it? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Remember yeah. Frank Lampard against um, Real Madrid, right? Where and chances kept falling to Angola Kante and Conor Gallagher and Kukurea. And I'm like, and Aspie. And I'm like, wait, wait. And they're like, oh, we created chances. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, cool. Created chances, but these are chances that weren't going to the right people in the right spaces. Why? Because you didn't have the necessary tools on the pitch because you were being far too defensive in your approach. If you're playing five, if you're playing, if you're playing five midfielders, for example, yeah, yeah. you're going to get chances because it's a football game. So, if chances fall to your five midfielders and they don't take them, you can't talk about oh well, and they're not used to scoring goals either. You can't then say oh yeah, we created those chances. Well, it's by design that you know chances are going to fall, but it's by design that it's not falling to the right people. That's your fault. Your responsibility as a coach. You know what, as well, like, you make a good point because, like, even, not even just about, like, who it's falling to, but, like, if, you, if you're just looking at the pattern in which the, the game is going for certain individuals and what the pattern is for them in the game. So, like, for example, Jackson, a lot of it was dropping, he's dropping, like, quite deep to get the ball and then he's turning and he's doing all this work to try and get in the box. And it's, like, even even those kind of patterns of play, like, it's just, it's not promising in terms of when you're when you're looking at, scoring a goal do you know what I mean because you, you, all you're seeing is you, you're seeing obviously your striker dropping deep a lot of the time I'm I'm struggling to see where Chilwell's getting involved in the game but he's meant to be this extra kind of attacker that we have and it's like he like there's just it's just non-existent that whole right side was doing so much work yeah so much work going down that right hand side and and I just thought to myself the, the more I saw it throughout the game I just thought to myself it's true, like when you're talking about the ball, who is dropping to, who it keeps dropping to, like what we keep, like the, the patterns in terms of the game, what keeps happening. It was a lot, a lot of it was Gust, um, it was the Sassy, Gusto, um, and then, you know, um, who else? Like Enzo would be getting on, yeah, sorry, Raheem. A lot of Raheem and Gusto in the, in the, in the, in the first half, a, a, lot, a lot going down the right. And I'm thinking to myself, surely, if we're gonna break this team down, we we need this. I'm not mad at pressure going down the wing, but you need it coming from both sides, and you That's... need it to be, you need it to be sustained pressure because these guys have come here. They, they know what's coming. They're not surprised. Yeah. Do you know they, what they, I mean? They, like, they're they, not surprised. They came, they came to set their stall out. They came to like, you know what? It's gonna set our stall. We're gonna like play in transition because you know what? Ultimately, that's all we need to do. Because if Chelsea don't break us down, we don't they don't we don't concede a goal. So we'll take the point, if anything. You get what I'm saying? So like and whole... every Prem team has the quality to do that as well in this yeah, Every easy. Prem team has that quality, yeah. It's easy work. And I'm just like I look at Poch and I'm just like, bro, like how are you not seeing this? And I this is why I complain often. I'm, and I, I don't mind, you know what I mean? I don't mind being a villain. I don't mind being the guy that's the complainer all the time because you know me. I'm just going to say what I want to say and say how I feel yeah. because generally, it doesn't really matter. It's football. It's a game of opinions, right? And we're all passionate about it. We all care. But for me, if I don't, if I see something I don't like, I'll say. If I see things that I think are of concern, I will say. So immediately at the lineup, 
let's let's go through the lineup actually. We got obviously yeah. Sanchez goal, no problem. Um, Malo Gusta right wing back. Um, then you got the Sassy, Thiago Silva, and Cole sent um, as as the three, I guess. Um, Chilwell, you got um, Enzo, Gallagher, uh, and um, Caicedo in midfield. Then you got Raheem and Jackson up top. Now, the way I'm reading that is a free is a free five two, right? But obviously, the way that Poch aligns it, the way that Thiago Silva confirmed it. Is a four-two-three-one cool, but Chilwell's out. Like you rightfully pointed out, to be honest, that like Chilwell is barely involved in play. And for me, Chelsea play with ten men. Ultimately, it's just um, it's just not right, bro. It's just not it's, right, bro. It's really it's bad. Right. Chelsea play essentially with ten men, and I don't want to get onto Chilwell because partly it's not his fault. You know, he is I what agree. he is. Yeah. I think no, if you analyse Chilwell's game and the way he's always been, this is him. This is how he is. He's really loose with his touch, loose with his passing. You know, he's pretty decent in the air defensively. 1v1, he can get beat. But, you know, he, he's an okay-ish defender. Wouldn't say horrible, wouldn't say amazing. But he's okay-ish, um, decent. Going forward, I think he's really good at arriving in terms of arriving in areas of first time cross but he's not good at getting to the byline at all he's not a good dribbler not a good carrier um so you're already like in very shaky ground with him playing on that left hand side for one but the fact that he's actually not involved in build up at all is scandalous and i think if you look at his passer percentage last in the last game 44% in a game where chelsea had 77% possession 44% of his passes completed. I think that is absolutely yeah. insane. Insane. The passing accuracy average of Chelsea that day was 88%. Chilwell brought that passing percentage all the way down. And that's not to say... Now, structurally, I think Chelsea have an issue. Um, that's with Ben Chilwell for one. I think the Enzo role as well, for me, is a little bit of a conundrum. Um, because Conor Gallagher, as well, he has, as, well as he's done... This season, start of the season, I think it's been pretty decent. Um, yeah. I think we're trying to almost like inflate Enzo's ego a bit because I think Enzo is great, yeah, great centre midfielder, but he wants to play further forward. Cool, but you can do that in a pivot. You can do that in a pivot. He doesn't need to be in that number ten space, for example. He doesn't actually have to be. Um, I think he should be able to have the license and wearable when to move and when not to. Um, I think that's where you get the best version of Enzo. Like against Liverpool, for example, he was awesome. Um, against West Ham, he was good in the first half, especially. Um, against Luton, again, awesome, where he was arriving. He was being able to he was able to drop deep, come forward, drop deep, come forward. That that's where you get an influential do, do, Enzo. Me, do, do, do you know what's mad about the the whole Enzo thing as well? And it's it kind of makes me happy because it's about a player who a lot of people had a lot of stuff to say about him because he was so young and he wasn't proven and he hadn't played for Villa and all this nonsense. He's been very crucial in well, a lot of stuff we've been doing. Yeah, Come he's, on, he's been he's been very influential in a lot of the stuff Come we've been on. doing very well in the start well, of the season. I think if you look at Liverpool and you look at why Enzo was able to play so well again. Right. A lot of the time, if you watch Carney throughout the game, what he does is he's such an intelligent player, bro, because he, he can do it up there in the final third, yeah? But when he sees that the midfielder struggling to get on the ball, he has no issue dropping in deep and being an extra option why, for the, for the midfielders. Why? Do you want to know why? Yeah. 
He's a midfielder. And the thing yeah, yeah. is... Exactly. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Dukes is such a good player. And I think if we're not careful, we can really harm his development. But Carney is such a good player. Such a good player. He reminds me of a slightly inferior young young Ruben. Um, I think he's got that that kind of structure, the stature, um, technical quality. I think he's a little bit more looser with the ball. Effortless. He's effortless. He can glide, but I think he's a little bit more loose with the ball, but at the same time, he uses it really well. Um, I think he's a little bit more adventurous with his passing than Ruben. Um, but look at the way he just, for example, in the Liverpool game, the way he always gets it, protects it, and then shifts it out wide to the spare man. Always. That's, that was, whilst I complained and said, look, he weren't super incisive in the in the, in the the pocket, the way he knitted things together was really, really good. And like you said, rightfully, Enzo was able to really start stamping his authority in the game in the second half as a result of Chukwameka. Um, and I think he did it again against West Ham as well. Exactly, and I just feel like his injury has hurt us massively because I'm seeing Chilwell far further forward than I need to. One, two, I don't think he's got any capacity to really cause significant sustained damage to the opponents on that left hand side. Um, especially you, you just the... went with a fullback. Meads, you remember me, yeah, with Alonso, yeah? And one thing I would never do with Alonso, I would never, I would never ever criticise the things he was good at. I wouldn't criticise his ball striking. I wouldn't criticise his anticipation to get into the box, his yeah. runs to get into the box, none of that stuff. But the one thing I would always say about when he would be one of our attackers or one of the guys that we're relying on to, 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 to sustain pressure on teams is that the first thing is no fullback is scared of him, yeah? No was... fullback is scared of him in terms of 1v1, one like those 1v1 battles nobody's afraid of him like that and the second thing is they also know at some point he's going to be out of position so they can target that that side of the pitch because they know if they're going to get any kind of joy they're going to get it down that side and lo and behold the same thing now and this is this is me i'll be honest because i'm not going to do what i did for alonso and now all of a sudden just ignore it because it's chill and i think chill well is a slightly better baller than alonso i'm not going to do that what i'm going to do is i'm i'm literally going to say that it's now become, it looks like it's becoming the same thing. I'm not getting enough yeah. out of the, the guy that's playing there furthest forward. I'm not getting enough. I don't, I don't even have the, the, the satisfactory of like thinking that I'm going to get, you know, a, a cheeky winner here or there, which is what Alonso used to give you. He'd give you a goal here and there. Do you know what I mean? He, he really would if he was up there long enough. But with Chilwell, even that looks a bit of a myth at the moment, like with, with him. And that is my biggest worry. If Chilwell was up there and he was actually looking dangerous in and around the box, it might be a different thing because then you, you don't you don't know exactly what the instructions are from the manager. So so maybe you just give it a little bit of time to breathe, whatever. But for me right now, I just don't see I just don't see how it's benefiting us at the moment. And and that's all I'm struggling with. 
And it's the same in midfield, what you're talking about with Enzo. I, I do get the idea of Enzo and I'm one of the ones that back the whole idea of him getting further forward because I don't think you should limit a player like Enzo with that kind of quality. I just don't think you could... Like, he's got it all. He can do a through ball. He can shoot. You know, that he can, he can do all of the... Like, anything you want him to do on the ball, I think Enzo can do. So I wouldn't limit him to where he needs to play on the pitch in midfield. But what I will say is that I do agree with the, the whole, like, you got to do it at the right time as well, and yeah. maybe we're, we're maybe we're forcing it a little bit with with Gallagher like one of being one of the only options in midfield at the moment. Not the only option, but the more experienced option because we're not going to play Leslie in like um, Premier League games at the moment. I don't think so anyway. Like, so you've got Gallagher, you've got Caicedo now, but he's not fully up to it at the moment in terms of fitness and all of that. So yeah. I do agree with you. It's a conundrum at the moment to a lot of like a couple injuries and also you know you've got guys like Lavia that still need to come in where it might work a little bit better but it is that we've got a couple of issues in the, in the team at the moment that we, yeah. that we need to iron out ASAP yeah structurally man I just think structurally we're a bit of a mess um, but yeah the Chilwa one is um, very very strange um, how do you feel about Cole? even well I mean well I, I want to get onto Cole shortly. I just want to just finalise yeah. on, on that. Um, so, even now, like, Chilwell on international duty is confirmed that he has been playing at left wing. Um, yeah. Although I do think his role is quite reminiscent of a, of a, um, somewhat, I guess, of a, a Alonso role in a Conte 3-4-3. Um, so, he's more like left midfield rather than left wing or, or you know, left wing back. Um, but I think even Alonso had more automation in his game. That's just generally because of the Conte structure and system and style of play. There was more automation. There was more flow. Alonso knew when to pass it, knew how to pass it, etc. Whereas Ben Chilwell is just a bit of an all-round mess, even in automated structures, basically. Um, my biggest issue with this hybrid 3-4-3 or 3-4-2 or, or, or 3 um, yeah, Three five two or um four two three one basically numbers. <laughs> Brother is um that Cole, yeah. So here's the thing for Cole. Yeah. Cole's obviously enjoying this football. He's enjoying playing at Chelsea. It's the thing that he's wanted to do for his whole life. Um my issue is Cole, Cole in wider spaces could be mm. a little bit susceptible. Now he played there pretty decently for me and for Brighton. He was really good there actually. Um, but I feel like when you've got a lack of defensive support, considering um, Chilwell was playing at left wing, yeah. he's caught up far too high in the pit on the pitch. At Brighton, he had Estepinian who can get back. Um, yeah, much Chil- better recovery. Yeah, Chilwell playing at left wing, he isn't going to get back quick enough. For the goal, for example, look at how Cole had to get back um, for um, yeah. Langer's goal. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Chill was nowhere to be seen. Did you get it? Nowhere to be seen. And that's because he's so high up in this left wing position, left and field position. So it, it is susceptible, you know, to, to be countered. But I think Cobble's done generally pretty good. Um, I think his passing has been fantastic. The angles that he finds on his passes, again, amazing. We talked about Cole for a very, very long time. We said people ain't going to be ready for this player. Very good player. Um, but I think I'd probably have him as the libero if we're going to play a 3-4-3 more than anything simply yeah. because he's amazing quality 
And obviously, when you've got Badia Shield coming back in, um, yeah, man, I think that that'd be a, an interesting one to watch. But yeah. I did, I want to go back to the, the back four, really. Um, and a back four where Chilwell is not playing left wing. Um, and I, I find that mad, really. Chilwell playing left wing <laughs> is mad when you've got wide options that we have. Um, it's insane to me. It's insane to me. So Poch's lineups and his tactics are very questionable at the minute. But I want to talk about his subs. Um, they're not really inspiring, are they, Jay? The, the thing is, it, it looked like against Forrest. He kind of just thought, oh, let me just throw as many attackers as I can now. Like, um, that's, that's what it looked like, isn't it? Like, I love um, how I'm but, but brother, like that. He, he I saw him take of Gusto and Caicedo, bro, for Mudrick and um, Madueke, I believe it was. I lost my head. I was thinking, right, yeah, bring on Madueke, bring on Mudrick. But you don't take off Gusto and Caicedo and you leave a midfield of Gallagher come off as well, by the way. So I would have thought you would have just taken off the fullbacks. Do you know what I mean? No, like, just I was take off the fullbacks what, and just I was thinking, what's going on? Like 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 okay, cool. You make these subs. What is your attacking strategy to break this team down? What is the attacking strategy? Because if your attacking strategy is to bring Mudrick on, who for me, Mudrick is someone that knows how to thread an eye of a pass. You know what I mean? He's got a good eye for a pass and it could thread yeah. a needle. But in that sort of type of game, it's not going to work, really, because there's no space in behind. There's no space to thread that pass. So you need to be super cute in your game. And Mudrick, who is, you know, we'll, we'll talk on Mudrick a little bit later on, but Mudrick yeah. is not in the, uh, the most sharpest um I guess frame of mind generally um, at the moment. So you throwing him on, especially after he's been injured as well, throwing him on in an environment like that is just a bit strange, to be honest. Um, Same with Madueke. Um, but, you know what I mean? I think the subs are very, very strange. You take off Kaiseido. I just, for the life, man. The, what, what for me, you know what was the most frustrating? But what was on midfield after that? <laughs> I can't even remember. Like, it was, I think we ended up with just. With Enzo, oh, no. still, I think it was just Enzo. We, had Enzo. And... we just had Enzo in midfield. What was going yeah, on? I think it was just him. Yeah. Scary out. Scary. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He took off Gusto. He took off Gusto, Gallagher, um, Caicedo, and Ben Chilwell. He brought on Mudrick, Cole Palmer, Matson, and Madueke. Where's your midfield? Like I said, bro, he, he dashed on all the attackers, bro. That's, no, literally, saw, that's literally what he did. I saw Thiago Silva at right back. I lost my head. I lost my head. I lost my head. It was insane. So I'm just like, bro, come on. Like, do, do you know what? Do you know what the frustrating thing for me was? Yeah, needs to go. Like when we put on the attackers, yeah, I was thinking, all right, cool. You know what? Cool, we're going for it. Obviously, we're one 0 down. Whatever. We we want to at least try and rescue a draw in it, but. When, when I was watching it as well, the most frustrating thing for me was that we were starting to obviously apply pressure. We were, we were getting into like um, some good positions here and there. We eventually carve out the chance that obviously we all know Jackson should have put away and then on another day probably does. But like, yeah. um, but 
it watching it was in my head all I was thinking was we could have done this in the first half with with more composure less like less um less panic in in the game in terms of like rushing things we could have we could have um we could have been doing it at a stage where Nottingham Forest were still trying to get something out of the game so gaps might have been a might have been appearing a little bit more than what they were towards the end of the game like the, all these things were going through my head in terms of if we just start with a normal attack and start with just wingers on the wing, we could have we could have probably gone to that um, gone in half time maybe one nil up. Do you know what I mean? Instead of nil nil or whatever, and and then they could have eventually they eventually they would have had to come out. But we uh, you can't start that defensive. You can't start that defensive, and then change the game like how you did with the subs with all those attackers thinking that you know it's just going to get easier because you've got more attackers on the pitch now because the stage that you're doing it at is the worst stage it's like when all of them it's like West Ham when they got that second goal early in the second half they just sat back bro you can put on all the attackers you want it's not going to change anything um, do you know what I mean because the stage <laughs> of the game is different it's insane to me and I just I, I was just really trying to understand what he was doing and I, you know me, I try and give people a chance. I try and give managers a chance. I try and give everyone an opportunity to really show me what they're about. Um, so I'm not, I'm by no means potch out or anything like that, but I'm just really questioning his, not only his approach to football, but questioning his capacity to impact a game with the substitutions because each game, I think they've, the, the subs have made us worse or... Um, had no real impact at all. Um, and one thing that I could say I'd attribute to a good manager like Jose Mourinho, Conte, Tuchel, when they made subs, they were relatively impactful. Um, so I'm just like a little bit, a little, it's early. So I'm not going to make crazy judgments yet, but I'm going to be watching him, man. I'm watching him. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, yeah, very frustrating. Um, I just feel like Chelsea, just given the the nature of the way that we play, I just find it quite difficult at times to watch one and two, try and understand how we try and break teams down, especially in the low block. And I had my reservations about Poch in the low block anyway. And remember, I had the same reservation of Potter. It's a different ball game yeah. when you're managing a top. It's a different ball game. No, I, managing Chelsea, yeah, no, I, I man- it's, it's very different. Managing Chelsea... Managing um, Brighton, two different kettle of fish. The respect but, you're giving. As a, no, no, I just want to say, yeah. the respect you're giving as a manager and as a club are very different. Even Pochettino at Spurs, the respect you're giving from Spurs to Chelsea is mm. very different. Now, that's not to say that Spurs were doing low blocks and up against low blocks and weren't up against low blocks. They were, of course, but it's very different when it's Chelsea. You know what I mean? Um, so you have to have that has to be in your arsenal. Um, so it's a question mark on the still, for sure. I was I was just gonna say as well. I think this kind of style of play that we have as well at the moment of the the dominating possession, slow build up, trying to kind of you know, you know, break down these these, these low blocks and and these good defensive teams, these defensive units. I just feel like. Chelsea, we, we do need to get into the habit of, of letting the game open up a bit at times because I, I, sometimes I just feel like I've watched so many of these games now where 
we've got so much possession. But we, you know, the level of player, me personally, I just feel like the level of player that you need sometimes in a team that's going to play like that, there's, there's a lot of top, top quality that you need to be able to beat a lot of teams if you're going to go into games like that with slow build-up, letting the team know from early that you're going to defend, we're going to hold the ball. Like, you know, City do it for a reason. They, City can do it because they've got a lot of guys that will either take the opportunity that they get very early on in terms of, like, killers in front of goal, or they've got a lot of guys that can that can play those passes consistently as well and consistently sustain pressure. I'm not saying that Chelsea will never be able to do it. I'm just saying we might have guys that are growing into those roles at the moment. And, and if, you, if you're going to be playing like that a lot now, I can see a lot of games going like that. Do you see what I'm saying? So, I don't know, it might be a thing where in some games we just need to kind of go punch for punch. It, like, let the game open up a bit because we've got the wingers to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? You've got players like Jackson, Sterling, Madueke, um, Mudrik. You need to get those guys in positions where they've got a little bit of space to run into or they can get their fullback 1v1 and really go at them because I just feel like the way we play now, it doesn't really give those kind of players opportunities to affect game the same way. Yeah. Agreed. You know I mean? And I thought, and I thought that, you know, funnily enough, that's why we looked so impressive against Liverpool. Um, yeah. We looked impressive against Liverpool because Liverpool weren't doing low, low block. Liverpool did allow us to have space to operate. And that's why Jackson looked sensational. We looked dangerous in pretty much every attack after the 20th minute. Um, you know, because Liverpool weren't respecting us. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I fully agree. I think tactically the way we're set up, we're, we're doing halfway housing in so many areas. Um, we're exerting far too much, um, po- well, not possession play. I think we're exerting far too much in terms of holding the ball and doing slow, passive passing. There's no real yeah. uh, urgency in our play to manoeuvre people around, which is crazy because it's a far cry from preseason. A far cry. And I do want to touch on this because what's concerning to me is that the whole style has changed as a byproduct of Nkunku's absence. Um, because I'm not understanding the whole... Um, I really am struggling to really grasp the Chilwell at left wing thing, especially when Nkunku was playing left wing, Sterling played left wing, Mudrik played left wing in the preseason, So there was none of this. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand that has Nkunku destabilised Poch's idea so drastically that he's made such a drastic change in approach? It's really boggling mm. my mind. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that I need to watch because I'm, I'm wondering, I'm hoping that he's going to recognise, you know what, Chilwell, not good enough. Let's, let's revert back to a traditional setup where we've got players in their correct positions and let, let's see if we can break teams up. Because I feel like if you're playing like... I feel like... So, like, the way I look at it, Carney is a big blow. Nkunku, obviously, a big blow. But if, yeah. you're, if you're taking L's like that, you can't compound it and play a fullback as a winger. You go, in, what, in what realm is that making sense? In what realm is that making sense? And, like, I look at the last couple of games, especially against Forest. we talked about, you know, the inability to create chances and score score goals. I mean, look, we created, lot, we created lots of openings, yeah, 
I wouldn't say chances, clear cut chances, but we created openings. Um, but it's not nearly enough, you know. I I remember Jackson. Jackson had two 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 significant chances. One chance he was again playing as like maybe behind Agusco, Agusto, to be honest. He got the ball, fed it into Enzo Fernandez, drifted into the box. Enzo slides him in, fantastic pass as Enzo, Enzo does. Um, and Body does a fantastic challenge as he skips part. Um, Jackson skips past the first defender. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So th- there's openings like that, and then the Jackson obviously the miss. But in a game of ninety minutes, your striker can't only have those two moves. You can't. You know what I mean? You're, no, I you're, you're, it don't. It doesn't run like it, it can't run because that happens twice in ninety minutes, right? Or ninety five minutes, or however much we play, twice. And that, that yeah. those are like the most important chances in the game. That's it. And I think, Raheem, I think you're right about the... Ch- Raheem, the Raheem chance against uh, Ola Eina. Ola Eina, again, amazing fantastic challenge. But I don't remember another chance that was significant for Raheem. Those are your two attackers, by the way. Only three chances for them the whole game. I find that mad. It doesn't make sense to me, you know? None, and, for, Ch- and none for Chilwell as well. None, you know? So... It, it's it's a strange, strange, strange. I'm just trying to understand. Like whilst we had 21 shots, 77 percent possession or whatever, didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like it. I yeah. mean, we had a lot of the ball, but a lot of the possession that we had were in dangerous areas. I don't feel like we, like you know, when you're relentless in pressure. Like I look at Arsenal, and even when they're not impressive, they're able to force openings. Force openers, City able to force openers. It don't matter if they're playing well or not. They're showing that desire and awareness to create overloads in the box, get four or five men in the box consistently, and create a structure where they're consistently penning you in. I remember Manchester United back in the day when Paul Scholes, for example, even in his yet like later years, he's thirty six, right? And United are chasing a goal, chasing a goal, chasing a goal. And then they bring on Scolzi. Scolzi comes on and it's wave after wave. It's like the ball's a magnet to him. Yeah? They've got yeah. um, Evra um, at left back. They've got either Brown or Neville. I think at this point Neville's like finished and dusted. They've got him at right back. And then the ball's like a magnet. It just keeps shifting to Scolzi. Shifting to Scolzi every single time. Anderson gets it, recycles at Scolzi. Wave after wave after wave. What happens? United always start cracking late goals all the time because there's a structure in place relentlessly. And it's not the way I look at those teams United of old, Arsenal pretty much now, um, City now, less, less so Liverpool. But the way that them men are able to kind of keep exerting pressure and recycle the ball without panicking, it's not like that. Don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a way to throw a kitchen sink. The way that Poch did it yeah. is unacceptable. It's unacceptable because that's not yeah. fr- that's not, yeah. not throwing a kitchen. That's not throwing a kitchen. You're you're fitting in a new kitchen. <laughs> you're installing a new kitchen. You get it? That's all you're yeah, doing. Nah, it was great. You're installing a new nah, kitchen. It was crazy. You're not, you're not the picking thing up is as well, like you know what I'm saying. You're, like, you're not um, picking up the kitchen sink and dashing it. You're just you're just fitting out a new kitchen. Say, all right, that, that's you lot. You man can cook something. It's crazy. I think um, as well, like when Palmer came on, it was quite um, it was quite interesting watching him come on because 
he did look like one of the few that wasn't kind of panicking while he was trying to find an opening. Mm. Like he was proper trying to think about how to open up the defence and, you know, obviously the players weren't used to him so they, they probably don't even know what he kind of has in his locker at the moment. Uh, like, mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Like when Mujic, I think there was one ball he played to Mujic and, and Mujic would have had no problem getting to it. But I don't think yes. Mujic even knew he could, like, I don't, I don't know if he knew he was going to do it or he... Yeah, he just didn't expect it. And, and those kind of things there, when I look at those things, I do think to myself and think, you know what? I've got to remember that it's just four games in. These guys don't know each other. That, that's, the only, that's the only kind of thing I'm clinging on to at the moment is that a lot of these guys, they don't know each other like that yet. Like, yeah. in, in the way that you need to know each other to kind of also, like to, if we're being fair, to also have that kind of wave after wave pressure and, and that, you, you know, that know sustained your pressure and for it to... Yeah, bro, you have to know your role. You have to. Yeah, you have yeah, to. yeah. I agree. So I'm that's not, the that's only part I, I, so that's what I... I fully get you, and I'm not criticising... I'm not criticising our inability to do that. I'm not even criticising that at all. I'm just criticising the method in which Potts tried to do it. That, for me, wasn't about players not understanding one another. That, for me, was about the manager not really knowing exactly how to break a team down. And he was, doing any, he was doing anything in which way he wanted to, to try and yeah. hope something would happen, rather than actually have a mode very of messy. Very, very scatty. So I, I just didn't rate yeah. it at all. <laughs> uh, and, like, and don't get me wrong, like, even Arteta, like, when he first arrived at Arsenal, he had no idea for me. Like, they, like the way that Arsenal played, they had no clue in how to break a team down. Like, none. Even in open space, like, they, they were poor in... So those things come with time. But Arteta was a fledgling coach, a, a young coach. Poch has been about for a minute, you know. So I'm expecting Poch to really have ideals on how to break teams down. But looking at his struggles at Spurs towards the latter part of, of his career, when Spurs are now a more respected entity and the teams are sitting back off them, struggling to break teams down, but you've got a superstar in Harry Kane who can get you out of it sometimes. Mm. Looking at PSG... <laughs> Similarly, it's it's a real talk. Similar similar struggles at PSG. I watched. You know, Messi was there, but you're still struggling to break teams down. But you get a little bit of Mbappe magic bails you out. Mbappe, what 42 goals that season? So yeah, you know he he bails you out. Cool. But Chelsea, do you have that guy? I don't think so. So you get found out. You get found out. So I'm not rubbishing Poch. I think he's a he definitely is a capable coach. But I'm just going to be looking at him with a watching eye. To, to um, see what he does, yeah. To see yeah. what he does. People put, put him in, you know, the top coach type of uh, category. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a substantial step up on Pochettino. Infinitely better than Frank Lampard, but I don't think he's I think the, the top team. coaches, though. I yeah, think the top I coaches, though, in this situation. Team. I think the top coaches... Yeah, but this no, is what I was about to say. Yeah, I don't think he's this on that level. Say, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's on the same planet as a Thomas Tuchel, for example. I don't. I think tactically, if there's a time to prove it, there's a time to prove it's now. Yeah, he has to do it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because even, even, even when Tuchel came, for example, we had we had a whole bunch of unknown, unfancy players. You know, the Kai Havertz is. You know, you've got apparently Timo Werner. You've got all these players, Ziyech, all of that, but they, these men are by no means world-class players, even in their own right. Do you know what I mean? But you find a way. 
Mm. People talk about Thomas Tuchel being too to Shelley Ben. Well, he scored what seventy six Premier League goals. That's the most goals yeah, he's he found a way. Whether you like it or not, he found a way. Brother, the most goals scored in the league since we last won the league. So, look, you want to talk about uh, Potter being the super attacking coach? But I saw a whole heap of mess last season in in terms of his attacking approach. It was scandalous. Scandalous against low block teams. Scandalous. I see the same against... I'm seeing similar patterns, not necessarily patterns of play, but I'm seeing similar um, warning signs of Pochettino. So again, the elite find a way. The elite find a way. I think even Arteta, for example, I don't class Arteta as an elite manager, but I, I see his approach and respect his approach to breaking teams down. I have respect his approach to breaking teams down. For me to be a lead, we've got the tools. To... We've got the tools. I think we've got yeah. the tools. Like, I'm not going to do this thing. I, I know. We've yeah. got the weapon. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, we're, 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 we'll be watching this. Obviously, the goal shy situation, I think Jackson can hit for sure. I think Sterling can hit for sure. But you're not going to get anywhere by playing just two attackers on the pitch. You're always going to be falling short. Um, so. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, but I guess Chelsea fans have been talking about signings as per, you know, retail therapy fans. Um, you know, you know what they're on. Um, but you want to make a case? Is this a case? I guess, um, and kind of further accentuating our point when talking about Vlavic. You know, we wanted Vlavic over the summer. Um, well, some of mm. us did, and many Chelsea fans are saying, "Nah, nah, nah, give Jackson a run." Which again, I commend because I think Jackson's fantastic and he showed that he's a fantastic player. But for me, because Jackson vacates the box often, that's not just because of mm. uh, him not playing, but I think that's just his game. Avlavic operates within the width of the penalty box. That's his move. That's where he stays. So even you look at Ivan Tony again. Similarly, he kind of likes to drop off. He likes to link. He likes to play. Um. Is there an argument? Is there a case for another striker being brought in in January? I will know we've got Armando Broja, who looks to be back and soon to be back from his knee injury um, at the end of the international break. Um, so, is there a case for another striker coming in? Are you happy with Broja? What are your thoughts on Chelsea fans and their demand and you know eye for new fucking <laughs> new players, new things, bro? I've just, we've just spent too much money, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't see it anymore, bro. I don't, I don't want to spend any more money, cause like the thing is, yeah, you know what? On a on a serious note, I was against Blavich from from the start, and that had nothing to do with him as a player. Just, just to be clear, it was nothing to do with him at all. It was solely to do with the fact that I wanted consistency for Jackson. I knew Sterling was going to be a big part of Poch's team in terms of a starter. And I know Nkunku's a starter. And it's as simple as that. And if I have to pick out of seeing more of Carney this season, I'm picking Carney. So, like, and and, and it's not, and and that's not to say that Vlahovic is 100% going to come in and impact Carney's minutes, but he's impacting somebody's minutes. Yeah. Impacting somebody's minutes. And, and, And whether we like it or not, listen. I could be 100% wrong. This guy could come in, he could bang 25 goals, we get top four, everybody's happy. But I'm just going off. I can only go off what I've seen from from the guys that are here at the moment. And Mm. 
what they've what they've shown me and what I believe that they can kind of go on to be. Now nobody has to think like me. They don't have to be as optimistic as me. Do you know what I mean? Like they they can say, Oh, I don't think Jackson is gonna be the guy, so we need Vlahovic. And and I think a lot of people do feel like that. I think a lot of people have not wanted to be harsh on Jackson and so have said, you know what, give him a chance. But in the back of their mind, they're thinking, mm, I, I I'm 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 cool with Vlahovic, you know. Like yeah. I don't mind him coming in. Because it's one of them things where you know you feel so, not not feel sorry for the guy, but you're like you're watching him do all this hard work. You're watching him have these good games in preseason. You're watching how much he like how he talks about the club, how he talks about how he wants to do well. And so naturally, you do probably sway towards wanting him to do well. Do you know what I mean? And getting a chance. For me, it's genuine. I I and I'm not saying other people's is not genuine, but for me, it's just genuinely. I I think Jackson can be a very good player for us. And I just think he's got it's it's just a struggle at the moment playing for Chelsea because it's just a different level which he has to get used to. And I don't think he he's bothered by the challenge. With Nkunku, I think with Nkunku, I think he's got the quality. I think he's already got an understanding with Jackson, and that's another thing I didn't want to disrupt, even before like the injury and all of that. Like after the injury, sorry, I was thinking, look, this guy hasn't been let go. We haven't sold him. He's injured. So. Yeah. Again, it's it, you know it's all well and good when they're injured. You know how it goes, me. You know how the fan base gets when they, when the injuries start happening. They there's two like things that are never coming back, bro. There's two things that happen. So there's one thing they they suddenly become super world class players, or they start thinking, "Rah, these men ain't coming back. Let's go buy another ten players." And and ultimately, that's not just the fans. It's because of the mentality of the owners. Um, I've said that these these guys try and do too much too soon. Often, um, I even said, funnily enough, I kind of hoped that we didn't get that many changes this summer because you want the squad to settle down after a shit show of last season. But yeah, you know, what I'm saying it is what it is. I hope now, and again, I'm going to repeat, I hope now Chelsea can finally this settle. This is the last down. bit. Yeah, this is yeah. the last time that Chelsea go crazy in the market because I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Man. Fix everything with transfers. I think honestly, it's lazy and it's rubbish. Like Chelsea have more than enough quality in their ranks to get top four. More than enough. More than enough. And I'm sure you're not. And, and I'm sure you're not entirely happy with the thing. Hear me. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was gonna say I, I'm sure you're not entirely happy with like the like some of the experience that they got rid of as well because I know how of you course. I know how you thought you of know course. I know how you thought about um some of the guys that left as well. Experiences is really important, um, and mm. I feel like Chelsea are lacking it, but that's not the be all and end all. I think look, Chelsea have got the younger squad in the Premier League now. Is what it is, isn't it? Like this is the direction they want to go in, but I just look at it and I feel like there's some of these, some deals, some players just, so, yeah. you, you you just have to keep. Um, but it is what it is. We leave it as that. You know what I'm saying? We leave it as that. I I just feel yeah. like the whole idea that you have to buy your way through. I just it's a nonsense to me. I think squad unity, squad um, you know squad. Synergy, and I talk about this word synergy all the time. It's so important in football. It's so important in football. Having relationships, understanding of what your teammates are on about. You need to have that in football to win games. And I feel like 
things are so chop and changing at Chelsea. It's scary. It's scary that, and it's so it's so unsurprising that we you know we're we're going through a mad mad time ultimately. Um, because again, if you've got no consistency, how are you going to build relationships? If you've got no relationships, how are you going to win games by individual brilliance? You know, it took a, a Raheem Sterling bit of magic to open up the game against Luton. If that didn't happen, yeah. more of the same. I feel more of the same. I feel. Carney, yeah. against West Ham as well. Same kind of thing. Mean, like, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. it's it's just a mess. But what we we move. We move, but I guess talking about consistency, the final topic of the pod, um, we've got the curious case of Mihailo Mudrik. Um, boy, where do we begin? Um, brother, <laughs> I for the for the life of me, I think Mudrik is coming under fire a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no need to that. Okay, hold on. Let, let's start again. So Modric is coming under fire from Chelsea fans for some reason this season, considering he's not started a single game. Um, he missed the game against Luton. He missed the game against um, Wimbledon. So he's played, what, two games or so? Two, yeah, two or three games this season, um, all coming on as a substitute. So playing a grand total of 65 Premier League minutes. But he's coming under fire, and I find it mad. I find it mad. I find the treatment of Mudrik generally quite mad. Um, and it could be because of the fee. I think the fee even is that misunderstood. I think even me, I've been guilty of saying he's £100 million. He's not. Even I say £80 million, he's not. Like He's like £66 million or something like that, you know, because add-ons mm, have to be... Yeah. Add-ons need to be um, exercised in order to get to that £80 million fee or whatever. But it's just mad, you know. The treatment's quite odd, and to be playing like I understand Nkunku's injured, I understand Carney's injured, but to be playing Carney, even Carney over him, I understand because I think Carney links the midfield better, and he likes being in central zones more than Modric. Though Modric likes being situated out wide, fine. But what's driving me insane is that. He's been made a scapegoat almost, um, despite the fact he's only played 700 minutes since he's arrived at the club. And I find that so mad. Like, we talk about consistency and wanting, you know, give people platforms and stuff, but Mudrick hasn't had a platform at Chelsea. He's probably had one of the worst grounding on at Chelsea. It's so weird. Um, Very bad, bro. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I, I'm really struggling to understand why and what is going on there. Um, whether it's whether it's the managers as one and the fans. Um, it's so strange because I feel like I, I, for me with Mudrik, the talent that I saw against Liverpool was like, I saw. I'm like this kid could explode. If given the right nourishment and nurturing, but we've just been horrible um, with our handling, and I think this is a it's something that Chelsea kind of do. Like we're terrible at handling players, in my opinion. Um, but in terms of Mudrick, where do you stand on it, and how how do you feel things are going with Mudrick? Really, it's so weird. The, so I was looking at his minutes today. Actually, funny enough, I was looking at his minutes earlier on. 
um, this morning. And because I, I was just having a chat with like, a few people and they were talking about how he's so bad and this and that. And I said, I just said to them, like, I was like, you do realise, like, I think the four starts that he had for the club were under Potter last year when um, when he played three games in a row. I think we played we played him and Nonny three, three games in a row, I think. Um, and then after that, they, they went back to the bench again and they were hardly seen for the rest of the season. And when he would come on, he would come on with about 15, 20 minutes. Normally, we'd either be losing or drawing. And the pattern of the game was kind of similar to what we saw Forrest the other day in the second half. So, straight away, the, the, the expectation for what this kid's meant to be doing when he comes on the pitch is, is in another realm at the moment with a lot of Chelsea fans, in my opinion. I think they want him to come on they want him to beat two, three guys and slap it into the top corner. You know what it's I mean? Like that's what they that's what they actually genuinely think they should be seeing every time he comes on. And if it's not that, they want an assist or they want this. And 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 my thing is with Mudrick, I I just look at the little things with Mudrick just to see if there's a player there. And I'm I'm sorry, I've seen enough to know there's a player there. Like I'm not buying into all this. Ah, oh, you know, he hit he hit that volley into Rose. Like I saw the volley that they were complaining about against West Ham. And I just thought to myself, volley, like, if you'd played football, you would <laughs> never ever be getting onto a player about trying to, you know, like hitting well, that over. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just ridiculous. It's a difficult technique period. Yeah. I just feel like it's mad. And like again, if you just assess his minutes at Chelsea, he's played sem- over 70 minutes once. Well, twice. Oh, yeah. Twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once against yeah. Leicester and once against Brighton. And I guess what? In both of those games, he got an assist. In both of those games, yeah. where he's played over 70 minutes, he's got an assist. Again, where you ask for a player to make an impact when you don't play him, I find that insane. Because it's impossible. Like he's got, a, like he's literally okay. Over the two seasons, seven hundred and twenty minutes. That's insanity. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand what you're expecting of the guy. Like he's not had a platform. Like he's not. He's not had a platform. He's not had a runner starts. He hasn't actually had a runner starts, bro. He hasn't. He's not no, had a runner starts. Not at all. And the, and the thing is, and the thing is, when he's coming on, who? We just spoke about synergy and chemistry, relationships, all this kind of stuff. When he comes on, who who is it that that like he's been playing with regularly? Like, who is it that that you're kind of looking at him to kind of you know link up with on the pitch when he comes on? Because it kind of looks like he just comes on and he's just isolated. It's like here you go, Madrid. These are your minutes. You go off and do what you need to do now. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it it never feels like it never feels like he comes on with like a plan around him. Game, you know that sometimes you'll bring a player on, and there's a specific plan for that game that all the players know it. They're they're, they're yeah. rubbing their hands. Even bro, bro, bro. Even Adama Traore. Let's talk about Adama Traore. Yeah, when Wolves used to bring him on, every single player knew what time it was, what they needed to do on the pitch yeah. with Adama. Traore. They knew what they needed to do. Yeah, whether it be straightforward or complicated. They knew what the plan was because there was a co- there was a consistency of you know what he comes on. This is what we do when he comes on. We feed him into the channel. We do this. We do that. 
we just make sure that he gets into the game. But when Mudrik comes on for Chelsea, it never seems like that at all for me. It's, you know what I mean? So it just, it, it just feels like we leave him out there to dry, man. It's maddening, and again, maybe he's not doing enough in training. Maybe I, I don't, I can't imagine it, but maybe he's not doing enough training. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Modric. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, really? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't think so because it seems like his work effort is is insane. So I'm just like, what really? about tactically though? Means Ta- that's the thing. So tactically, I, I think maybe there might be a case where him inside the pocket. Maybe a situation where he's like, maybe he's not the guy. Fine. If mm. that's the case, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm right. Fine. If that's the case, if it's a tactical thing, cool. But for the life of me, a player with that much pace and quality, I feel you have to find the space for him. Given the amount of money, what you spend on, like, get wait one second. Give me yeah. the amount. The, given the amount of money you spend on him, yeah. Like it's it's. I think you're doing yourself and the player a complete disservice to not giving them a platform to show what they can really do. If you spend north of 60, 70 million pounds on the player and you don't give them a platform to play, then that's a failure of a signing. You're failing. Because you're failing to integrate them, you're failing to give them the opportunity, you're failing to give them a pl- platform to show their best selves. What's the point otherwise? Why are you buying them? If you're not going to give them the platform mm-hmm. to show what they can do, why are you buying them? It's insanity. And I I, I don't understand. <laughs> like, if, 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 if your idea is to just hoard a player because you're, you're ops one of them, cool, all right, fine. But that doesn't mean it's a good move. It's stupid. If that's your idea then it's stupid. If you're not going to give a player mm. to play, perform, and show what you can do, you're, you're just killing him and you're, you're killing your bank balance because it makes no sense. And I, I just look right, at no, it. And I, I think, agree. I look at it and I think, Poch, like, you have to find a way. I know you didn't buy him, but you have to find a way to utilise a player and give him an opportunity to play. Give him an opportunity to really show his best self because it doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? And I I also find Baffling calling him a flop. Given the minutes that he's played, I just can't get it. I don't, I can't get my head around it. I can't at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think as well, like what makes it worse with the whole Madrid thing is that, bro, we're, we're, we're suffering a little bit on that, on that left hand side at the moment. Like, it's insane. the point we're at the point we're at the point now where I don't think he can do worse. I genuinely oh, think that. Like I'm I'm not even I'm not even capping yeah. People might say, oh but like have you seen what he's bro, I've seen enough of Mudrick, bro. I know for a fact if you were to give him a run of games in that left wing slot and give him the freedom that Chilwell has of not having to defend because you've got a natural defender at left back in Levi Colwell, meaning that yeah he he might not have to track back as much then cool, if there's anybody you're going to give the keys to to have that that freedom of staying up there on the wing, give it to Mudrik. Just yeah. give it to him. Like, seriously, just let him have the freedom, bro, because what's there to lose, man? Exactly. It's a, it's a complete mess. Obviously, right now, we're in the international break, so we'll be watching our Chelsea players play all across the globe, but coming back, we've got a run of fixtures where 
you'd assume that Chelsea should should run out winners, but it's just not looking too great. We've got Bournemouth away um, in the first game back on the I believe that's on the Sunday, which I, I don't really like. But we're we're gonna we move and then we play Villa at home and then we play Brighton in the cup mm-hmm. and then Fulham away. So those runner games they look like they should be winnable, but God, given what you know, Poch has been dishing out. It's going to be hard to really gauge and see where we kind of forward that. But with Lavia coming back, with um, Baddy Shield coming back, Royal coming back, you can hope that Chelsea might have enough. I think we should have enough to win those games, but all remains to be seen. It all depends on how Poch puts it all together. Right now, he's not cooking up anything I'd like to eat. You know what I mean? But we move. Um, Jay, I want to thank you so much for your time, my guy. Um, we'll be back next week. Chessy Hour. Um, and yeah, man, covering um, all of the, I guess, Jack, I'll be following Jackson. He's been playing um, this this um, international break. So I'll be following a couple of players this international break. And then um, Cole, we'll cover, I think Cole will get to Cole get again. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had a little knock, so I'm hoping that he doesn't really get his cap still, but <laughs> <laughs> but still, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, I'm very happy for Levi, I'm very proud of him. So, um, no, nah, we'll, we'll see in it, but yeah, man, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Peace, man, peace, cool. Sports Social Podcast Network.